Hello, Beth Chase here and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Now, I just want to mention for our new listeners, and there are a lot new listeners that are coming in every episode and podcast that we have, but I just want to remind everyone that Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical, which is a medical clinic that provides free reproductive health care services for women in the Seattle area. Well, with me today is Helen Nguyen. She's the CEO of 3W. And Helen is a primary guest, of course, on this show. She's a regular. And today she's going to be talking about the impact of COVID-19 on victims of domestic violence or intimate partner violence, which is a new term that they're using now. So welcome, Helen. Uh, but before we get into the subject, I just want to ask you, how is 3W doing? 3W is doing really great. These last couple of weeks, we have been seeing an increase of patient appointments coming in. We're, we're getting full again, which is a great problem to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that you had been on earlier, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, expressing concern that women don't delay yes. their reproductive health care because you, know, you, you can't wait. Yes. There are some things, if you do wait, the consequences could be much more serious than what they need to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear that your stats are, are that you, stats, your stats are going up and that you've got, <laughs> you have uh, more women that, that are coming in for services. What would you say right now is the primary reason why most of your patients are coming in? The, ser- the two services that seem to be popular right now are STI services, which is has always been pretty popular, but also pregnancy services, uh, mm-hmm. pregnancy testing and ultrasound specifically. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, those are two very important services that should be taken care of. Or yes. you know, if there's any kind of symptoms, please come in, get it, get uh, get the help you need to have. The services here are free. You may need to pay some minimal charges for lab tests. Very but minimal. It, but it's at cost. Yeah. Right. So yes. it's not you're in, we're, we're not about making money off of your reproductive health choices. So, OK, enough about that. And let's continue on now with this this very interesting subject. I'm I'm very interested in it. And I, I hope that many of you out there as are equally as interested as well. So, you know, what I'd like to do is get a really clear definition of what what domestic violence is and this new term that they're using. Mm-hmm. Are they now being used interchangeably and or if there are differences? It seems to be used interchangeably. But what is domestic violence? Domestic violence, or the new term that you just said, intimate partner violence, it is domestic abuse or relationship is a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. It's you know, you can look it up online. It's called the power and control wheel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very a very common diagram for you to see. Domestic violence does not discriminate. It can happen to anyone, any race, any age, any sexual orientation, any religion, gender, you name it. It can happen to anyone. And sometimes it's very, um, in the beginning of a relationship, it could be hard to detect. And we're going to dive a little bit into some some warning signs, some, some red flags that you should be aware of. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's dive into those. Okay. Oh, so some warning signs. So let, let's go over some warning signs of domestic violence. It could look different, but some signs of an abusive relationship could include a partner who tells you that you can never do anything right. So putting you down shows extreme jealousy of your friends, time spent away from them. It could be they could comment 
they would be very strict about how you dress when you leave the house. They shame you. They put you down. Even after you said, hey, that's that's not something I like to be called. Or, or I don't, I feel uncomfortable when you say that to me. They don't respect that. They say it anyways. They control your money. They want access to all your bank accounts. They want access to your phone. They want access to your emails. And I guess we can break it down a little bit more. And, and these information that I got from the, um, it's called the hotline.org, which is the domestic hotline that you can call in if you feel that these types of warning signs are coming up in your relationship. And they broke it down into physical abuse, emotional and verbal abuse, sexual abuse, sexual coercion, reproductive coercion, economic or financial abuse, and even digital abuse. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So back way back then when I was still in high school, I was called, I started this program at a nonprofit in Seattle called Teen Peer Advocates. And what we used to do is we used to educate ourselves about all this stuff and we go to different high schools and talk about healthy relationships oh. with other young women. So uh-huh. this is like such a flashback for me. So it's a it's a really passionate topic for me. And it's so interesting to see that in the digital age now, you could have abuse on mm-hmm. your phone, on your mm-hmm. computer. So for example, some to go back, for some example of physical abuse, it could include forbidding you from eating or sleeping, hurting you with a weapon, pulling your hair, punching, slapping. For emotional abuse, it could be, you know, after they got angry, blaming you mm-hmm. for... It's their fault. Yeah. Why did you trigger that anger for uh-huh. me? Trapping you in your home and leave, preventing you from leaving. Sexual abuse, I feel like that's pretty obvious, but... Oh, wait, can I tell you that emotional abuse? Sure. Because I think this is really, really hard to identify, admit, and then for other people to identify. So that's what I think is very heinous about the emotional or mental abuse. Yes. Is how, you know, if if you're physically abused, you have the bruises. Yeah, or sometimes for physical abuse, they, they identified as like abandoning you in an unfamiliar place. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? Like yes. that could like totally taking away your bearings of uh-huh. of a familiar space or something. That uh-huh. could be as physical abuse. Uh-huh. But yes, uh, emotional abuse like refusing to trust you and acting jealous or possessive mm-hmm. for women out there or I guess even men now, it's not attractive when someone is jealous. I'm sorry. I don't care what you say. It does not mean that they love you more than other mm-hmm. <laughs> than other people. It's in insecurity and they're acting it out they're mm-hmm. they're practicing it on you and these red flags and these signs i kind of they're a very extensive list so i encourage you to go online and educate yourself and kind of see the full list but i kind of picked out the ones that i feel i can i guess the ones that i thought stood out to me mm-hmm. most. well helen is there a place they could go to see a checklist like to do a self-assessment yeah yeah I guess it's the same website that I'm talking about right okay. now. It's right. the hotline.org. The hotline, T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E.org. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Did you want me to go over the sexual abuse stuff? Yes, please. Okay. So sexual abuse can look like forcing you to dress in a sexual way, insulting you in sexual ways or calling you sexual names, holding you down during sex, demanding sex when you're sick, tired, or hurting hurting you with with sexual objects 
all of that should be taken into consideration as red flags. Mm. Just not respecting when you say no, mm-hmm. um, not giving you... Or it hurts. Yeah. You know, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sexual abuse is different from sexual coercion. Sexual coercion, it says, lies on the continuum of sexually aggressive behavior. It can vary from being egged on and persuaded to being forced to have contact. It could be verbal and emotional. So for an example, making you feel like you owe them sex because you're in a relationship. Because what would that look like? Because you've had sex before, because they spent money on you. Uh-huh. So like making you feel like, well, I took you out for a nice dinner. So Really? That is still happening? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. That's like old stuff. I guess basically there's nothing new under the sun. But no. to get that kind of one-liner still yeah. in this day and age? Evil is evil. It doesn't change, right? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, saying things like, if you don't have sex with me, you'll get it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, just all these manipulative coercive ways to mess mm-hmm. with your mind to then get you to have, to sleep with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are red flags. <laughs> Do mm-hmm. not like go away, like leave this relationship. And I know that's much easier said than done uh, for reproductive coercion, forcing you to not use, to not use any safety measures when you're having sex, monitoring your menstrual cycles for women, forcing you to get an abortion or preventing you from getting one. Those are all falls under reproductive coercion. Mm-hmm. And then economic and financial abuse, like I said before, putting your paycheck all into their bank into their bank account and denying you access to it. When you ask to look at receipts or something, they deny you access to that, giving you an allowance and watching you really closely on how you use that money and forbidding you to work or limiting the hours that you can work. Mm-hmm. Because they want, again, power and control over the money that you're making. Mm-hmm. This power and control that you're talking about, Helen, is mm-hmm. this, is it like a part of the sickness that causes someone to hurt another person? Because that just doesn't sound normal to me. You know, when you're talking about yeah. describing these, you know, power and control and, and someone says stop and you don't stop. And that just sounds like it's a almost a narcissistic yeah. uh, kind of outcome, a behavior outcome. Someone who's narcissistic, they only think about themselves. Right. No matter how handsome they are. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much think you're uh-huh. disposable. They pretty uh-huh. much don't see you as an equal. Okay. And so they treat you badly. And then they make you think you deserved it. Mm -hmm. So it is very much a self-absorbed kind of person. Mm -hmm. Someone that thinks they're superior to you. Mm -hmm. Because they don't care how they hurt you. You deserved it. Yeah, you know, and I can see why where okay, in just basic management, we have this rule. Something happens one time, it's like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was a mistake or you know you kind of give a lot of grace there mm-hmm. forgiveness second time it happens it really should get your attention but the third time it happens you have a pattern all right. the mental health experts tell us right. if something happens three times doesn't matter if it happen if it's close together or far apart mm-hmm. you have a pattern that you now have a responsibility mm-hmm. to do to do something about mm-hmm. yeah and i think 
You're absolutely right. I think when it comes to maybe the economic or the emotional and verbal abuse, mm-hmm. you can kind of use that as a checkbox. Okay, it happened three times. There's something wrong here. But I think with the sexual abuse and the mm-hmm. physical abuse, that's immediate. pretty black and white. That's pretty yes. immediate. When time, when strike, you're out. Yeah. If uh-huh. anyone uh-huh. lays a hand on you, uh-huh. that you did not want that was inappropriate that was that was violent mm-hmm. you do not need to Done. to yeah. reach three <laughs> you should <laughs> recognize uh-huh. that as something uh-huh. not uh-huh. okay immediately uh-huh. Uh-huh. i get i guess for uh, digital abuse it would fall under that that three checkpoints as well mm-hmm. in this new world of texting and social media there's so there's so many other ways that you're communicating with your abuser just online mm-hmm. um, and some ways that you can tell that this partner of yours can be abusive is they tell you you can't be friends with certain people on your Facebook or or Instagram they send you negative insulting or threatening emails Facebook messages tweets direct mails mm-hmm. messages online they they use these social media networks to keep tabs on you mm-hmm. you know they could be like oh you know where where were you you just checked in on Facebook at the pharmacy, but then mm-hmm. you weren't, you told me you were somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They put like explicit pictures of you that they took on social media. They, they pressured you to send them explicit videos mm-hmm. and then post it on social media. So I, I, you know, when I started learning more about this topic as a teenager, this digital abuse kind of situation wasn't as prevalent, but Mm -hmm. now it makes so much sense, Mm. so much sense. And so uh, that's a whole nother layer that someone can keep tabs on you and you might not even realize it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the interesting point to this too, is that this going to happen between a man on man, woman on woman, man on woman, woman on man, uh, all the, the, those type of things. So everything that you're talking about here would apply to any kind of intimacy. It could be long-term. Relationship, long-term, short-term. Short-term. You could have this relationship digitally and have Uh never, like, never really met in person, but Uh you've exchanged pictures. Uh Well, they can take those pictures and then now use it against you on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Please don't do that. Don't Don't do that. that. That's there for I think the very everyone. But you know, there is something about a relationship that when you start feeling something for someone, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they misbehave and they've crossed the lines to make excuses for them. Right. Let's talk. Can you talk a little bit about that? The danger of excuses and how that messes with your head? It's, I think we all have a natural gut feeling of when something's not right. Mm-hmm. I and agree. I, yes. And, and I think, and I just, I guess I want to just affirm people that if your gut is telling you that something's not right mm-hmm. here, that was a strange behavior. That was a strange comment. That was a strange interaction. I say, trust your gut mm-hmm. and get the heck out of there or out of that situation block that person, report them, tell other people about them. Because the best way to take away the perpetrator's power control is to tell other people about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess that gets into 
why I wanted to do this podcast was with COVID, it makes it difficult to now tell people. Oh, sure, right. because they aren't around someone else. Exactly. To actually, oh, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Makes and, sense. And I mean, just I encourage all of you to just type in, just Google domestic violence numbers right now during COVID. There, there's so much going on that's behind the doors, that's behind mm-hmm. these scenes. They are the next invisible victims of this pandemic that we need to really be aware of. There's an article I was reading. It says the Seattle Police Department reported an increase of 21% from February to March in 911 calls related to domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why is that? That's because victims can't leave their violent partners. Where will they go? Mm-hmm. Shelters are closed because of COVID. People are hunkering down because of COVID. They're, they're even reporting that children who are in domestic violent households aren't because they're because they're not able to go to school they can't tell their teachers they can't tell anyone they trust they can't tell their friends that hey this is going on in my my family so that someone in an authoritative position knows about it and can then help help the situation they're alone more than ever at this point mm-hmm. and it's just across the world right now just not in our nation just not in Seattle that this is this is impacting domestic violence victims on such a huge scale. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we going to do about it? Yes. And what can we do? I know that, you know, we're community, right? Yes. We're all about community. Community takes care of each other, but at the same time, they hold each other accountable. Right. Okay. But what you're saying is that that community of accountability Mm-hmm. And caring for each other is now extremely limited, and therefore there are some pretty bad things that could be happening in a family, and you just don't find out about it until right a long time. It goes on longer than it should. Absolutely, especially right now. Uh huh. When you're not interacting with a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I understand, you know, that those are the rules now, and and people need to be safe, and you know practice safe distancing and, and all that stuff. But if you if you haven't heard from a friend in a while, you should check in on them. Give them a call. Ask them to maybe take your call in their car. Mm-hmm. Maybe take their call outside of their homes. And just make sure people are okay. Uh-huh. Just checking in. Check yeah. in on your friends. Yeah. Because we do have cell phones and we do have text right. messaging. Right. And when you do check in with them and they do disclose that they are in this situation, remember it takes a victim of domestic violence seven times, seven tries to leave an abusive relationship. That's average. So it's such a psychological thing, especially with the economy going on right now. I mean, victims are saying, okay, I'm stuck in this house. I can't work. I have no money. Where am I supposed to go? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the economy is crashing. Okay. I really can't leave this person. So I'm just going to stay in this abusive relationship because again, they feel Uh trapped even more. And I think that we have a responsibility as a community of people to make sure that people don't, people die 
mm-hmm. from this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a tragedy if we can do something about mm-hmm. it. And I think what breaks my heart, well, it all breaks my heart, is the children. Yes. The, those that are really innocent mm-hmm. and truly have no options. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, I think what I hear you saying is that the impact of COVID-19 is wider than just the stay at home and uh, be safe and wear a face mask. Yeah, yeah. And we're just, this is just one topic of of the wider impact of COVID. We haven't even talked about the suicide rates that have skyrocketed or mental health in general mm-hmm. has gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. Because that's another podcast for another day. Yeah, that's a, uh, yes, <laughs> and I think that's a really great topic to talk about and just always keep in front of us that we were not designed as human beings for this kind of isolation. No. And therefore, you know, most human beings, I believe, can handle almost anything for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Well, the longer this goes on, mm-hmm. the more it's going to collapse are the 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 body mind soul and spirit side of being a human mm-hmm. and so i think that uh, we just really need to step up as a community mm-hmm. as with our families as you know check in with our families hey how are you doing i don't can i help mm-hmm. be honest with me yeah and then maybe even trust your instincts if you really care about someone if your instincts are telling you something isn't Something's right wrong. with yeah. my cousin yeah yeah that's hard but really important right now. I think so. I, mm-hmm. I mean, these statistics just, just really is awful. Yes, they are. Well, we've, okay, we've come to, we've come to the time where we need to wrap this up. So just in, to summarize, Helen, what would you want to leave with the listening audience about today's subject? That COVID is preventing people from reaching out. And so I think as a community, we need to be more intentional about reaching out to those we haven't talked to in a while, seen in a while, making sure our neighbors, our family, and our friends are okay. And allowing possible victims of of violence, domestic violence, to to know that you're there for them. Mm -hmm. And that maybe means putting on your mask, putting on your gloves, wear a hazmat suit. <laughs> Whatever you need to do to make yourself feel safe. But these these victims cannot be ignored. They should not be ignored. They should not feel isolated even more so. I just think it's wrong. Makes sense. Wow. Got to take care of each other. That means a little bit more connectedness. All right. Well, thank you, Helen, for bringing this topic to our attention. And I'd like to see us expand on some of the other points that you brought up during this episode. But uh, if you want more information about this topic, please go to the website, which is 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W and the word medical. And hey, while you're there, if you will go to the top, the top menu and click on the Wellness Wednesday tab and this will take you to another page specifically talking about the Wellness Wednesday with 3W podcast. You can ask a question of Dr. Sue who we love to have her come and answer your medical questions. In fact, now is the time to do that because we're gearing up for having an Ask Dr. Sue episode here real soon. So if you have any questions at all about reproductive health issues, please go to that page and fill that out. So 
until next time, I hope that you found this episode helpful and please stay healthy and be well.